You're listening to Photography Insights, the show that goes behind the scenes and interviews people from the photography world. I'm your host, Andrew Walmsley, and welcome back. This one is episode 123 with another lovely artist. After speaking with Janine in episode 120, she was kind enough to recommend I look at Linda Altowitz's work. Now, after looking at her work and contacting her, it's clear she had a certain way with art. She describes herself as working within the intersection of art, technology and science. And trust me, when you see her work, you'll see why too. Linda talks about where the ideas from her projects come from, like watching a TV show or out with her husband. She started life with a master's in fine art and painting and she was already doing oil painting with her mother at age five years. Life was not always easy though, and she talks about having a brain tumour in her 30s, but how this actually influenced her use of medical technology for her work too. As medical projects started with dog x-rays and layering with landscapes, she then moved to human ones and collaborated with hospitals too. Linda is very interested in the internal rhythms of our bodies too, whether it's the heart, body or mind, as she finds coloration between rhythms in nature and humans. In this one we discuss collaborating exhibition, left and right brain, thermal imaging, plastic cameras, technology changes, the next project. Now. During the show, I couldn't help but pick out on a few words, um, but these ones stood out, and one I'd like to leave as a quote. Landscapes are about comfort zones. I think there's nothing truer ever said. I think it's a fantastic statement, to be honest. Um, For anyone uh, wanting to know more about Linda, uh, there's links to her website and Instagram, and you'll see um, the great many number of projects she does not just the ones we talk about in the show. Now please do remember um, we are still halfway into February so the competition is in full flow Um, so anyone who's been shooting um, Kodak film in the last year um, it'd be great to see you enter this competition it's all about um, Covid it's all about using Covid as a theme and producing some pictures to go along with this. There's some lovely prizes to be won, so do check out the website for more information. Uh, but this has been sponsored with Coda Claris, Sony Imaging Lab and Static Age. So there's a mixture of film, development and zines for you all. So I hope you do like that. And I'd also like to thank our friends of the show, as always, which is Static Age, Steve at Chroma Camera, and David at FilmDev. Uh, they're all very important people and mean so much to me, as you'll see uh, in due course and some of, the, some of the articles I've already wrote about them. And I'd just like to read out one of the um, most recent iTunes reviews that was left. And uh, This was by Nick and St. Ogre, uh, which is entitled Great Show Laid Back Interviewer. Really enjoyed my recent interview with Andrew for the podcast. Hadn't heard of the show before, but I'm glad it's on my radar. 
I think it's a great way to get an insight into the ins and outs of working in the photography world and the unique way different practitioners go about their creative work. Andrew is a laid-back guy who asks insightful questions. A great listen for anyone interested in photography, amateurs and pros. So thank you very much for that, Nick. Uh, it's very much appreciated. And I'd like to read out and another iTunes review that came in just after this. And that was uh, our friend Kev Percival. And this one's entitled, Thanks, Andrew. I'm really enjoying this podcast from both sides. Firstly, it's been great to hear some lesser-known voices from Photoland given space to chat about their practice. Andrew seems to find people from all corners of the photography world combining personal interviews with theme discussion episodes, which together inform on everything from the technical to the esoteric. Likewise, really enjoyed my interview on the Flogger podcast. Andy, Andy had done lots of research and was a really understanding host despite my nerves thanks Kev that was that was kind and yeah I mean I can stand um, lots of people um, are a little bit nervous in that sense um, everyone's completely different and I always do my best to help everyone relax so um, I'll leave you to listen to the music and then we'll await our guest Linda And welcome to the show, Linda. Thanks for having me. No problem. It's uh, very exciting. Um, another lovely recommendation. So uh, I, I have to uh, thank everybody for keeping this going. You know, it's been brilliant so far. Glad to be here. Yeah, it, it's nice that um, we're getting these group of artists and you're all recommending each other and um, it's nice that I can talk with females and males, it, you know, mix it up a little bit, it's great. All right. <laughs> um, obviously, the, your, your work was so visually striking and um, I think one of the things um, we first noticed and we just talked about was art and science, isn't it? And technology, the... the... I work within the yeah. boundaries, the, the, where they intersect. It's, it's incredible because most people um, that I know are photographers or, um, you know, there's people like yourself that are artists, but for people to combine these several different areas, uh, it's like it's either wacky, it's not wacky because it's, um, it's thoughtful, uh, you talk about nature, you've got human, like you say, you've got technology, you've got science. It's amazing. I've always been one to use uh, the left and right sides of my brain. Good at math and um, I'm, you know, creative as well, which is, a, I think, a unique combination. Yeah. I think. God, yeah, I don't think there's, you, you must be a, a minority because I think we are too, entwined in like one thing half the time um, like learning how to work a camera is a big thing and uh, say learning about light and then uh, maybe you know there's 
dark room side there's alternative processes there's uh, digital artists but to combine other elements is something different i was um, i think i started off a really right-brained creative and um, okay. in my 30s uh after having had kids i found myself having to go to work full-time um as a single mother and uh had to learn a, a left brain job. And uh, yeah. that took years, but I think it really helped develop a balance in me. And um, I'm grateful for that opportunity to have both, to learn how to navigate through both worlds. And it's helped me, especially for where I'm at right now with the intersection of art, science and technology. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. It's funny how life affects you in that way, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was wonderful. I mean, everything that's worked out, it's been for the best. Yeah, and maybe that wasn't planned as such. No, no, it wasn't planned. Yeah. I mean, I that, think the things that aren't planned in your life, that you turn them around and make them work for you. You know, mm -hmm. I, I always see the cup half filled, not half empty. And how can I make, you know, you're given challenges, I think, I'm, or you're presented with challenges in your life. And it's how you, okay. how you work around it, how you work through it, how you work with it, how you get beyond it. It's life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice philosophy. Yeah. I like that. I mean, the whole, my entire art, science, technology, um, the beginnings of it started with something kind of uh, not very um, positive. I had a, a brain tumor and this was in my thirties. Uh -huh. And um, so I was working full time, as I said, in my left brain job. And when I uh, got a brain tumor, I was getting um, MRIs every three months and I travel, I live in Las Vegas. I would take a flight to Los Angeles every month, visit my doctor at Cedar Sinai wow. Hospital and bring it. Those days you brought film, you know, the big films of your of my brain and brought them over. He liked to see the film. And one time, one of the three months, this was for years, uh, he looked at it, he looked at the numbers um, and he looked at the, well, the image of the, uh, MRI and he said something's wrong here it's not matching up did you go to the same machine and I said no there weren't any appointments at that that one diagnostic place so they sent me to another one and he goes okay well he circled the tumor sent me home said come back when you get the new on the same machine and I'll look at those so at that pivotal moment in my life when I came home with the x-rays with the MRIs in hand and I placed them on my light box and looked inside of my own brain and looked at the layers and layers of uh, medical diagnostic imagery of myself. I changed. It was a transformation. I'm like, whoa, seriously, this is what I'm made of. This is me. This is it. <laughs> and I, you know, it was a transformative moment. And at that point, I knew I wanted to do something other than painting, which I was doing at, at uh, part time. And I said, mm -hmm. I need to do something with layers. I need to do something. And then it came to me, digital photography with layers. 
went to school for, um, you know, my time off. I took classes, every class I could twice, just to learn and get up to speed with digital uh, technology. And, uh, hmm. and there I was, I had a new toolbox and just uh, an explosive mind of inquiry and um, wanting to investigate where this could lead. That's an amazing experience, wow. It was, uh, it was wonderful. I wouldn't be where I am now if not for that, which I overcame, thank goodness, nothing serious, but a little surgery, but um, you know, all, all's good. And it was a long time ago. And I've had, you know, three decades of um, really an amazing uh, experimentation and um, inquiry. It keeps my mind alive. God, that's an amazing start in the world, isn't it? God. It's all high well, things. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you pulled through. That That's an amazing story. I mean, how many people can say anything like that's happened to them and changed the course of their lives? Yep. Wow. So if you step backwards then, what, what was... Um, the first thing you did then was it painting, photography? Um... I started. I got a master's of fine arts in painting and drawing, and okay. I did that for quite quite some time. I mean, I was really young when I started painting. Really, with my mom, she's an artist, and she uh, got me a little easel and palette and um, canvas and oil paints, and I started painting at about, gosh, right near her side at about age five or six, I had my, wow. I was really young, loved it though. Um, and she encouraged me and I was good at it. So it's something I just kept doing. And I always yeah. thank her, you know, it's, isn't it parents up to parents to encourage their kids. And sometimes that is just what gives kids incentive to do better. You yeah. know, it was great, but thank you, mom. And uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, I did that, went to grad school, uh, undergrad, grad school, and uh, continue that on with that until that uh, transformative moment where I, I changed, I let go of all my paints and uh, changed mediums. Wow. Was, this, was that hard or do you think it just sort of felt natural to change then? No, it was time. It was time. To okay. I knew it. Yeah. Yep. So, so that was like your first experiences with digital technology? That. Yeah, I, I had in uh, at the university, I had classes in photography, but never digital mm -hmm. photography. So I was really starting as a beginner um, and I okay. wanted to be up to speed. You know, yeah. sometimes you just have to go back to school. And uh, I went to a uh, community college and learned a ton. Took it very seriously. Yeah, I, I think you have to when you get these opportunities, don't you? Yeah. Um, I, I was a late learner as well. I mean, I I did university at 30, 33, I think I was. So I, I had children um, and a house and a mortgage and all that. So it was you know, different for me. And um, it was probably a pivotal part in my life as well. So I, I totally get it. Um, I changed careers. Uh, I changed where I lived. 
um, and then I ended up learning uh, photography and you know I never looked back then yep it's it's amazing what life can uh, throw at you isn't it yep it's how you catch it or die yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right it's it's what you make of it as well um you know it was really really tough at times and um it's hard financially it's hard mentally uh it's hard in a relationship way so there's a lot to life in this sense isn't it yep And I, I like the way that you're using life um, as a way of documenting your art by using all this. I think that's amazing. I think it's important to let yourself be the, not the focus, but let it come from inside. Let your work flow from inside. I mean, how can you not? Yeah. Yeah. That's where it initiates, but speaks to others as well yeah it's something a lot of you artists say that um, it has to be sort of self-driven um, and i know a lot of people find this through self-portraiture self don't they mm -hmm. um it's something i've noticed a lot uh i've interviewed you know uh, a few people and they found that way and i find that quite interesting because there is no better example than you know, taking pictures of yourself in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, but I think to use um, a thing of medicine is is so out there. I mean, it's like you would you would have never ever learned anything like that at any form of college. No, no, this is just life experiences. I think. Well, it's interesting yeah. how that developed. Um, so, I you know you can't just get your hands on people's MRIs or whatever. Sure. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of laws. So I started with canine X-rays. Okay. So I was able to get dog X-rays with the names cut out of it, you know, and um, and I started layering the uh, X-rays uh, with landscape. And that's how that started and that it kind of developed that almost a fear and comfort, these two elements. Fear as you're looking inside of the unseen, you're looking inside of the canine's body, you know, are they there for a, did they swallow a nail or did they break a bone or what, what something's wrong, whatever it is. When we go to the doctor and we get MRIs or PET scans, whatever it is, there's something wrong. So there's a, to me, there's a fear element associated with diagnostic imagery. And then to me, landscape is a comfort zone. So I put these two together in the same arena. I layer them and create a moment that I feel says something within the photograph itself and uh, mm. means things to other people. But to me, it, captures a moment in time, a, an inquiry, uh, maybe a phenomenon within the photograph itself. That's how it started. And uh, I guess it developed uh, as I got my work shown in uh, exhibitions and uh, my work was in Smithsonian Magazine. You, you get doors kind of open a little bit 
Um, okay. And I would get more different, get some human uh, x-rays. Uh, everything was with signatures and, uh, you know, you got to make sure that everything is kosher um, yeah. and we're getting medical imagery and then all sorts of different doors open, uh, even collaborating with hospitals, um, doing a participatory kind of work and getting using that uh, medical diagnostic imagery. Uh, it's really, that's how it just grew and grew and grew. <laughs> that's crazy. Absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I find it so, so interesting. I mean, it, it's interesting that you say um, combining it with landscape because landscape mm -hmm. is a relaxing thing. and I, I don't think there's any truer statement because I think that's what it is. Uh, like at the minute, um, you know, we're in lockdown. What do we want to do? We want to go for a walk in the country at a weekend because it's our escape. Mm -hmm. So... I can understand that emotion, and I think uh, I think most of us could. Um, and and I think like um, seashore, seaside, and sand. I, I think that brings out different emotions as well. It's a similar thing. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the sound of waves or you know whatever, it's still a nice feeling, isn't it? Well, I think about, I've been working now for the last, mm, well, some years with the internal rhythms of the human body. Those rhythms could mm -hmm. be breath as we inhale and exhale. It could be the mm -hmm. rhythms of our heart as it beats up and down, up and uh, down. Yeah. Um, it could be the rhythms of our brains as we have an EEG device on our head and it, it collects the electrical brain waves. Um, so think of that as the natural rhythms of you were talking about the waves and the sea there's yeah. rhythm to the waves i mean there's so much correlation um i like to put them together and because uh, <laughs> they really inform one another that's i mean who would have thought of that yeah i mean oh you're a genius <laughs> <laughs> it's Honestly, it's just amazing. It's such a great idea to combine that. Um, I can't even think how you would even think of doing this. It's Well, it all stemmed yeah. from my own experience. Wanting yeah. to do something with my first image that I did was of my own brain and a tree, a, a red tree. Yeah, and putting it together going, not looking so much, but feeling yeah what it was showing me there's a feeling uh, mm. well it's like you say though it's definitely something you can see in your work do you think any of this uh like landscape wise is any of this relevant to the area you live oh of course yeah 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 i live in the mojave desert uh, yeah very dry <laughs> here in las vegas um Right across the street from me, I have desert. Um, oh yeah, it's such a place of sanctuary for me, walking in the desert and uh, being in nature. Mm. Yes, yeah, beautiful. I remember going and uh, 
I think it was 100 degrees when we arrived. That's nothing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Try 120. <laughs> oh. Then you just start to I've, wilt. <laughs> I ne would never felt anything like it. Um, yeah, it was a strange experience. I mean, we, we loved it. I always, uh, I've, I've been, um, I think we've been twice. Yeah, I think we've been twice. And, um, first time we thought our oh, las vegas is it is it this cheesy place that you think and see on the tv and we thought do you know what we'll never go back and we watched a film and then we went we're going to go back so we did it's an amazing town i love i love the town i live in i don't go to the strip much or downtown or no, of course i don't not. do any gambling but uh the desert the mountains the lake, mm. uh our surroundings are just incredible. Um, yeah. We're just an oasis. Well, you've got Death Valley, Monument Valley. You've got Red Rocks, Sedona. I mean, Zion. You've Zion National Park, Bryce National Park. Mm -hmm. you've, you know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you've been here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's fabulous. We went to um, Coleco while we're out there as well. Um, so it was nice to see different elements in that sense. Yeah. Um, but it's, I've got to admit, I loved Sedona. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, the Red Rock thing. It's, it's I think it'd be nice to go um, to see if it affects, you know, one of us in that way as well. And give some sort of feeling and, you know, will it create an idea for you? Um, because, like you say, landscape is a genre any of us can relate to, but to build it into something bigger like you have is something different, isn't it? Yeah. So, so for you, when you're doing um, either we're doing ACGs or heart or whatever, are you separately looking for a landscape to suit it? How, how does that sort of work with you? How do I pair them? Yeah. Um, it's very intuitive. Uh, okay. I try a lot of different uh, pieces together and see what works. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. photograph for the EEG or, yeah. I just, it's more spontaneous and see what works. Yeah. And, and like with the canine x-ray, what I was saying, hmm. you put the two together and something kind of magical happens. It's like, okay, it's two separate elements. You've got art and you've got science and when you mm. put it together it creates another moment and that's when i see something else and i i stop and i i, I pause there and look at what i have okay trial and error no <laughs> no it's it's hard because you, you can't understand how this process works in that sense um who who were your sort of uh, inspirations then from like the art world? Um, well, one of the, uh, one artist I just love right now, it's his work is David Maisel. Uh, he's an American artist. And I'll explain one of his projects that has this <laughs> feeling. Um, it's called Library of Dust. And okay. he went to a, uh, an abandoned home for uh, uh, people with 
mental problems. Okay. And it, it was from the 1940s. And he was given a tour, I hope I get this right. He was given a tour within this uh, facility. And in one of the rooms, they called it the Library of Dust. It was these tin cans of um, uh, dust uh, from cremated uh, patients that were wow. behind. They weren't, uh, nobody came to collect the remains. They were oh. unknown to anybody. So it was a whole lineup of hundreds of canisters, copper canisters yeah. of people left behind. And what had happened over the years is that the uh, the ashes within the copper canisters had turned into blossoms on the outside of the uh, copper canisters. So he photographed each one representing each person. And yeah. so it was science, but it was this beautiful, this beauty to it that I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that. Yeah. Look what he captured, that moment of integrating the art science. And, and it's more than just beauty, it's what it represents. So these people who had uh, you know, problems, uh, mental illness, and nobody even knew they were there or nobody came to collect their ashes and so th there's just so many, it's so weighted and so many sides, but what you see is this, these beautiful, colorful blossoms. So wow. that was something that really inspired, inspired me, that contradiction mm -hmm. of beauty and science. And mm. yeah, that was, uh, he's one artist who really inspires me. Mm. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I think the thing is, you're talking about something which um, can be seen as a morbid, horrible thing, but actually, you're, you know, you're bringing it into um, a humane sort of way, aren't you, and um, celebrating things, both of you. Yeah, it brings up a lot of issues of, hmm. uh, and my work as well. Um, yeah, there's the beauty, but there's the reality. But you, it makes you think about, um different issues yeah yeah especially if you're looking at brain scans because obviously you only go for a scan if you have an issue don't you yes usually there's that fear kind of element to my work hmm. has anyone um has anyone who's had a scan done ever seen you work out of interest um has anyone who's had a scan done? Yeah. Um, I'm sure they have. Yeah. Yeah. I might have doctors at exhibitions talk to me about it. And, oh, that's oh, good. This looks familiar, you know, or I know what <laughs> you know, they can see that uh, logical element of it, but it transforms when you, when you show someone's brain or anything with a beautiful tree and blossom and they intertwine and, and change to something else you've ah, it creates a different experience yeah definitely yeah. you're not just looking at diagnostic imagery and you're not just looking at a, a, a tree a blossom 
it's um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, very very different. I mean, when I saw, um, I think it was someone told me um, about breeze, and then um, I watched a little video about it. I think you you was out in a park or something with a few people. Yeah, I was um, at the um, at the Mayo Clinic doing an artist <clears throat> excuse me artist residency, and okay. the I was at on their uh, grounds, <clears throat> and uh, those were medical students, internal residents, internal medicine residents, and okay. uh, they were participating in the project just for you. I mean, this is a, this idea was someone was saying to me, oh. It's, um, putting a camera and then just letting them breathe and take a photo and I'm like that is crazy I need to look it up immediately so like the minute I'd finished podcasting I was researching and I was like oh god write this down now quick yeah and you can understand why I have um, why we have so many emails and that sort of thing so I was really um looking at the internal rhythms our most important internal rhythm that we possess mm -hmm. is breathing and it verifies yeah. whether we are alive <laughs> or not. I mean, yeah. our breath is our life. And I wanted to capture that in a way, and I wanted to incorporate nature. So it just, um, yeah. the project, interestingly enough, it started as a kind of a, a mistake when my husband and I were traveling in the Dominican Republic. And our favorite mm -hmm. part of that trip was being outside uh, at night at the beach, looking at the stars, looking at the waves. And mm -hmm. uh, it was just a moment, a moment in time for me. And being a photographer, an artist, I had a camera with me. And uh, mm -hmm. I thought, well, I'll try to photograph a 10-second exposure of the waves. See, yeah, you know, be kind of interesting. And mm -hmm. so I put my camera on a little flimsy plastic tripod, put it into the sand, and released the shutter and the tripod started to tip back into the sand and the camera lens went up. So I, I caught the camera fortunately, but I looked at what was on my camera. It was like a, a movement of stars. And yeah. I realized at that moment that I had captured the experience of time and motion more than any moving wave uh, a 10 second exposure of waves, I caught some, I captured something more elemental and that was what I was feeling at that mm -hmm. special time at the beach. So um, my husband was there with me and he was laying on the sand on his back. So I said, bear with me for just 30 seconds. I'm gonna put the camera on your chest and all I want you to do is just breathe. And that was the birth of the whole project. And as his chest rose up and down and up and down about five times, during a 30 second exposure, it captured uh, on the sensor of my camera, the oscillation of the stars above. And uh, so there was a little movement and that was the first uh, breathing portrait from, from that. And it didn't stop there. I, uh, you know, so you have one portrait of, of a person capturing breath. To me, it was like, mm -hmm. it's not about one person. It's about, it's about a lot of people. It's about a lot of stars in the sky. So mm -hmm. I continued this uh, project with over 200 people during artist residency with friends, neighbors, people I didn't know. Um, 
and it was really a wonderful experience. And these 20 by 20 inch breathing portraits printed out, I created installations of, you know, uh, 55 or, or more panels, large installations that look more like, uh, it transformed again into like a universe of people, of people's mm. portraits of breathing of life. Really interesting project and uh, really enjoyed that project. <laughs> I can't believe where that started. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, a mistake. It's all how you look at things, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because like you say, you, yeah, you, you realised about movement and that, that that's fantastic. And I think night is, like you say, such an important time for that sort of work. Yeah. Because we don't see the stars moving, for instance, do we? Right. Or the earth spinning, should we say. <laughs> Yep, all um, part of it. Yeah, it's a it's a thing as a human that we can't feel or see, so we have to rely on technology in essence, don't we, to relate to that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I saw a lot of your, uh, some of the images done, and I was like, God, these are amazing. It's such a nice idea, and, you know, there's, you know, astrophotographers and people like that that want to take the perfect pictures and stuff. Um, and then there's ones that do um, stack, you know, maybe 50 or 100 images to get it. Well, this is a, you know, it, it's both things. It's base. Yeah. I, uh, it was more of a mindful, mindfulness, meditative hmm. uh, practice for each individual. And I told them to relax and just close their eyes or look at the sky and just just breathe and just take it in. And everybody had a, a good experience. Because how often do you get to just lay out and look at the stars for a while? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, have you ever thought of doing that on a massive scale? You mean with thousands of people? Yeah. Um, it, yes, I have. I've actually thought of automating it, you know, and uh, having people submit it. Hmm. But I, I never went that way. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be an amazing thing to do for like a load of us to, um, you know, pass it on to each country and say, you know, whoever's big in that country, pass this idea on and, uh, you know, say, look, this is all down to Linda. Let's commemorate this idea. I mean, because the other thing is, if you do it around different parts of the world, you're going to get different. Um, effects because obviously you, you see the stars differently at different times yeah i mean any any even in the same city if you have a different day a different atmosphere uh, mm. it's going to be different any yeah i keep track of all the gps and the places and uh it's an interesting process i keep it kind of it's scientific fun. kind of even though this project is you know you're breathing and the oscillation of the stars i keep a lot of i keep a lot of notes <laughs> So I can use it later, <laughs> which I do actually. Yeah. It won't surprise me if that's another project at some point they've come up with. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> I like um collaborative projects, you know, with a lot of people. I also like to mm -hmm. exhibit with other people uh and do traveling exhibitions. Actually, a very good friend of mine lives in Wales and we did a traveling exhibition together for several years. 
and that was really great. And I had an exhibition. We had an exhibition at Aberystwyth. And uh, that was great fun at the university there. Did an artist talk, um, and uh, it was great fun. What sort of work was that then? Um, that was uh, a combination of the canine x-rays in landscape and some of the work from a project called While I'm Still, which is uh, uh, pet scans and landscape. So diagnostic imagery and landscape. I mean, that must have been something new for them to see, without a doubt. Yeah, and it went really, It, I think the work really went well with uh, the other artist, Ruth Thomas, and uh, mm -hmm. from Wales. She's a printmaker. So it was just a, uh, really a, a great exhibition. It was in Vegas, uh, and then it went to uh, Liverpool and to Wales. Ooh. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was great, great fun. Yeah, it's nice when you can share across a really different place as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I don't think you get much different. Uh, no. But I think we're all interested in the same thing, which is like you say, it's either, you know, humanity or medicine, uh, technology. There's something there, isn't there? Oh, for sure. For sure. Hmm. And I think if you, um, you say you couldn't even speak the same language, you can look at this sort of work um, and get something from it, can't you? Oh, most definitely. Right now I have a traveling exhibition with um, another artist. Her name is Elizabeth Stone. And that's the work of Just Breathe, which we talked about. And yeah. her work is called 40 Moons. And mm -hmm. So incredible the uh, how the two bodies of work mesh together and... Um, relate to one another. Her, mm. Can I explain a little bit about the 40 moons, about her work? It's interesting, actually. She's on next week. Then I'm going to let I'm going to let Elizabeth tell about <laughs> 40 moons. <laughs> but, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, I'm so glad because her work is just intriguing. And um, our work together uh, really resonates together. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm so glad you're going to talk to her. She's incredible. <laughs> it, it, it's like this at the minute. Like I say, um, you're all recommending each other. And, and when I look at the work, it's like, that's great. Because as long as they're interested, I'm really up for a chat. Um, you know, I'm always happy to learn. And, and when you see work, that's got so much meaning. I mean, I, I emailed her straight away and... Um, I said how thoughtful the work was. And um, the other thing is, I can't believe you've gone through this as a human, but also documented it as a photographer at that time. Yeah. Um, without giving it away to our listeners too much. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll hear all about it next week. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so tell us a bit about um, how this travelling exhibition works then. Uh, we get venues to uh, show the work and it goes from okay. venue to venue. We have a, a publication that accompanies each venue. And uh, okay. we try where it's what's important to both of us is educational programming. So we try to do that as much as we can and engage with each community in, in different ways, whether it's students, adults, you know, different 
uh, members of the community. So, yep, they're all different. It's kind of tailored oh, for nice. each venue and community. Because I've never seen anything like that. I mean, you know, if I'm being really honest, I've probably only ever been in one gallery in my life. Hmm. Um, but I think maybe when this is all over, I might appreciate it a bit more. Yeah, you might. <laughs> I miss going to galleries. Yeah. I think it's a bit different over here. Um, I live miles away. Uh, we've got a couple in my local city, but they'll be very small. Um, but then, like you said, like Liverpool, that's probably maybe three-hour drive for me. So, it, so it's a bigger thing to go. Um, uh, I know there's loads in London, but um, London's a very different place. So, but you know, ho hopefully, uh, when COVID's over, we can start doing things like that. Yes. Looking forward to it. Oh God, yes. Um, it's been too long, hasn't it? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, if I take you back to the, the Just Breathe, uh, obviously one of the images I showed was, uh, I would call it a collage. Uh, I think there was like nine, maybe 12 shots. Um, so you've got different people's work. Was that printed as a collage or was it different screens you'd got up? At the They're uh, printed as 20 by 20 inch by 20 inch panels. And, okay. and then uh, placed together. Alongside each other. Uh, okay. Because it it really works when they're together, doesn't it? As well. Yeah, I think it works a lot better together than it does uh, on its own. Yeah. But there's yeah, different ways to do it. So. Yeah. Well, I think that's another thing, though, is the presentation side, which you know, uh, I'm sure you can elaborate on how you even think of how are you going to set this up? Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to look at the space and see how much space you have, how much work you can put up. And um, uh, for instance, when Elizabeth and I had the last uh, our last ex exhibition at the Missoula Art Museum uh, in Missoula, Montana, my installation, uh, instead of just a grid of like, say, 10 across and four down, so that would be 40. I shifted it. So one yeah. row would go to the right, one row would go to the left, one to the right, one to the left. So you could change it all the time um, to, well, how you're feeling and how it works uh, okay. with the venue. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I mean, because I have no idea how this stuff works. So do you have to go and set it all up or do you work with uh, like an art director or someone? Um, I plan it all out and uh, they they did all the installation. I just gave all the directions. So I didn't have uh, to go. Sometimes uh, sometimes you do have to, but usually the larger um, venues will have installers to do it. Yeah. But I've definitely hung my own shows before too. <laughs> no, that's cool. Because you can see, it's obviously like um, part of your process, isn't it? You, you know, um, your idea and your concepts of making your photographs and 
um, and then presentation is something completely different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's really important. Mm. I'd rather because it's not like hang it though. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not like most of us. Um, you've created a photograph, you maybe upload it to social media, or some of them print. But no, that's not finished for you, is it? No, no. Part of the the whole process is the finished object, and mm. how it's uh, portrayed, how it's displayed. Yeah, um, I, I know um, when I was looking through um, the different projects, and obviously the one I told you about that stood out as well is the thermal imaging thing, isn't it? So, can you tell us about this project? Um, it's an ongoing project. And uh, basically, I'm documenting heat rather than light. And most thermographers have a very left brain functional use for um, thermal imaging, uh, looking for, oh. well, surveillance or home, uh, looking at homes, looking for heat leaks or mechanical. Uh, malfunctions or something it's very uh left brain but i use it for a completely different reason and that is more of the <laughs> the visual aspects of heat within our bodies our environment and uh more of an intrigue and uh yeah completely different than than <laughs> what it was uh meant meant to be used for but i'm i'm fascinated with the technology and fascinated with the imagery that uh yeah i get so come on then where did this idea come from <laughs> okay uh my husband was watching tv a show called cops okay. in the states and um and he knows i have a certain kind of things i like to look at you know the imagery and he goes Linda, yeah you got to see this look at this and it was a picture of a uh, the opposite of a silhouette it was completely white uh shape of a man and a and a white shape of a dog chasing the man in a field and hmm. in a dark field and it was all thermal imaging you know oh of course yeah yeah and i'm like i was just fascinated at the technology and i'm like i, I was hooked at that moment i said okay I got to do this. I got to, and it's, my mind is still flooded with ideas. <laughs> and I just keep going next project, next project. It's really incredible. That's cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean. Um, we've all seen the cut program because obviously we, they use the same technology over here at night. So it must be like another thing for you. Um, this thing about night as well. Do you think that just is like a natural thing that comes into your work? The what? The night? Yeah, the night. Um, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Hmm. Both because I um I actually did the just breathe project in the daytime too, with multiple filters oh. uh, on my camera. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I mean. I, it started at night because that was when I felt that moment of inspiration. Yeah. 
but um, I'm inspired in the day too. <laughs> yeah, now I can understand that. A little yeah. more awake too. Yeah, that, I actually asked this question the other day to a few people and said, when are you most creative? Because um, COVID changed a lot for me where I used to drive to work and quite often the, while I was driving and listening to podcasts and things like this, I would come up with ideas and I would pull over my car and I would note down an idea and I found it really creative. But because I've been working from home for nearly a year, that ability has gone because my commute is from downstairs to upstairs now. Right, right. That you don't have that time yeah. to let your mind wander. I yeah. most of my a lot of my creativity comes in my dreams actually at nighttime. Okay. And I remember a lot of my dream not all of them of course, but I remember a lot and I wake up and write them down or I just remember them because they're so crisp in my mind. But a lot of ideas come from that. Okay. It's quite vivid. So are you a um, person who likes writing ideas with a pen and paper type thing or are you a digital? Pen and paper. I always have yeah. notebooks going. Yeah. No, that's funny. You, you see, because I'm um, come from the modern world uh, of digital, I use an app. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I don't know what I'd do without it. Uh, when I come across artists like yourself, have them all down in uh, my app so then um, when i'm in bed emailing you like i am um you know it's stupid o'clock so um I, I need access to all this stuff so it, it, it everything works out for the right reason doesn't it yep um, but you know i'm not averse to all technology i mean i love um handwriting i'd um uh, i'd wrote to um five important people in my life last uh, for Christmas uh, and I sent them a, a gift that was total surprise so I like that side as well I, I think it's important to still embrace old things and, and that's why I like um, film photography you say film photography yeah so I like the dark room you say yeah I still use uh, film you do yeah medium format I like to use those uh plastic cameras i like the idea yeah. that you have uh, little control yes yeah, control i never yeah. wanted to take a, a perfect picture perfect photograph it's just, it's just so many people who can do that especially with the technology you know no i yeah. don't want to do that <laughs> it's not my interest no 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 i understand that yeah <laughs> um I, I think it's you know the opposite end of the spectrum isn't it yeah some of the um displays and exhibitions you've been doing though are actually quite large aren't they large yes mm -hmm. yeah especially just breathe um and and yeah had a few large exhibitions yeah because like obviously when people talk about exhibitions it's normally i i don't know the exact sizes but it's a single picture but you're talking about I mean, come on then, tell me how big some of these were. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think uh, in 2015, I had a mid-career retrospective, um, and it was it was a very large exhibition with three galleries. That was great. It had a big uh, Just Breathe wall of 55 panels. Um, 
work on either uh, other sides. Yeah, very <laughs> intriguing. And I, I was fortunate enough to be able to arrange educational programming and take uh, tours of uh, school kids through the exhibition and talk to them about it. And that was very rewarding. I love doing that and engaging with the community and with students. And, you know, I remember talking to the students and saying, how many of you ever been to an art gallery before? And none of them had raised their hands. And so I was like, mm -hmm. so honored to be the first artist to introduce them to a gallery. And uh, really neat, very rewarding. I find education and uh, mm -hmm. participation with community very, very rewarding. Yeah, that's nice. I think it's an amazing thing as well. I love it. Yeah. Um, I get involved a little bit in education through my day job in IT. Um, not not always a lot sometimes and that and um, it it can be very rewarding it, it, it's always about kids though uh, that's what I always find it's that side isn't it because you're bringing up the future people that might embrace your work or become artists yeah uh, I, I think that's a nice thing um, I think it's an important thing as well because we, we want them all to succeed and keep this sort of stuff going, don't we? It's important to give back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. To your community and to other communities that welcome me to their community. It's something we yeah. can do to give back. Did they, um, what were their sort of favorites? Can, can you think about what, what they really liked with your work then? Or what or intrigued them or scared them or whatever? I think probably the most intriguing to the students, I mean, all ages, they went from third grade to uh, through college, was the uh, large installation that was quite dramatic of the uh, hmm. Just Breathe installation. Just yeah. yeah, it was quite dramatic. And right when you walk in, it, you walk down to the end of the gallery and there it was, yeah. Hmm. No, that's cool, because it, it's not something that's taught things like that. So I think that's that's what we need um, I think all these things will help us um, whether they help us become artists or just make us better photographers you know who's who's gonna know yeah but I'm all up for learning that's for sure it was really a neat process because um, we got the uh, some of the school teachers involved to create questionnaires for their students uh, involving uh, steam education and uh, so that was really neat. The kids had papers and pencils. We're walking around answering questions and asking questions uh, to me. It was really interesting. They did work before going to the gallery and then they did work after uh, visiting the gallery. So really neat. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah, I like getting the educators involved. No, no, that's cool. I can understand that. Yeah. The, the, um... The thermal imaging um, work, though, what were you um, looking for in that? Because you've got, like, um, portraiture as well, haven't you? You know, it was for the thermal imaging. The series is called Signatures of Heat. That's, like, the project name. And I've got several series in it. And I did portraiture. Um, I did canines, um, landscape. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
so I'm just, it's an exploration of our world, of our humanity, of individual people, of our uh, different landscapes. I find, I find the portraiture really interesting in a way, because I've done a lot of shooting models last year, mm -hmm. um, and I've done uh, positive to negatives. Oh, right. And I look at it and I think, God, this is really interesting because it's such a different side of a person. And at the time, you're like, dare I show the person it? Because obviously, uh, as a model, they want to look their best, and that's what you've done for them. Well, what? But in my little dark room, I've done something I quite like. Well, you're not seeing with light; you're seeing with heat. I remember mm. um, I got this series of works shown in the Smithsonian Magazine, and one of the images uh, was of my son. He was in a hot tub, and um, it was cold outside, and he, he gets out. So he was only up to his chest. So when he got out, there was this real contrast, and you could see his, his veins, where the blood is going through all the way down his chest and then the line of the cold and the hot it was just incredible so but that's as much the truth as a portrait of him standing near the pool with a digital camera a film camera it's as much of the truth just in different different eyes uh, you know through science but a digital camera too yeah. is light so yeah 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 exactly yeah but it was a, it, it never fails to intrigue me with the camera. <laughs> that, that must be real. So did you have to buy um, a, thermal, a thermal image? What is it? Is it a torch? Is it a camera? Yeah, a camera. Or? I was able to use one, yeah. Okay. Are they uh, a very specific thing for um, the, the industry then? Um, there's several different models that do different things, different okay. actually different cameras have different technology. Ah. Is it like a normal DSLR sort of thing then? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Not at all. Wow. Because obviously I've never seen one. So you focus and you push a shutter and there's hmm. a sensor, but the technology is completely different. So do you get uh, do you get to uh, viewfinder? When do you get to see the image? How does that work? Yeah, you get to see it depending on what camera you have. You get to see it right away. Okay. Wow, I'd love to see that. Yeah. I mean, I've got to say, you know, you you've come up with um, all these projects. How do you keep reinventing yourself? Well, it's just one step in front of the other. It. <laughs> going and uh, and I'm, I don't think I'm really reinventing myself. Uh, I'm not doing the same thing, but no. the core concept of art, science, technology mm. is still remains with me. Mm. But the projects change, the technology technologies change. Um, I would be really bored if I did the same thing all the time. I yeah, I I couldn't do that. You know, you, you do a project, you complete it, and you move on. 
And, hmm. uh, it's probably the scariest part of being an artist, thinking, well, what if I can't get another idea? <laughs> <laughs> That's the hardest, you know, you, when you complete a project and you don't have one or two going on at the same time. It's very yeah. scary. So I always like to have like three projects going on at once. Um, so when okay. one stops, I could just gradually go into the next and continue. Yeah. That's how I can understand anyway. That. Yeah. No, no, that's good. I know I I started um, a couple of projects, uh, and I'm the same. Um, if I can do a little bit towards one at a time, I'll do that. Um, if I've got time to do uh, another project, then I'd work on that one. Um, and they're always going to be long-term projects. And because of COVID, um, most of them have stopped. Uh, so it's been a little bit different in that sense. I find that um, when I'm starting a new project, at that same time, you're, the project that you just finished or finished maybe a year or two ago, that's when you're traveling that exhibition and getting that going. <laughs> so it all kind of meshes together. Yeah. I always find it funny because we had um, Janine uh, Mixner-Bales on last week, yeah. And um, when she said how much time she spent on uh, research, I was like, you must be the most researched artist in the world. Her, she has amazing projects. I really admire her. Yeah, her yeah, she yeah. was we're through the formal part of the interview, uh, Linda. So what I want to do is take you through my fun, random questions. Okay. <laughs> Did you listen to Janine's by any chance or anyone? Yeah, I, not the whole. I think I listened to about 30, 40 minutes of it, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Yeah. Um, no, that's nice. Right, okay. So here we go. Um, what is your worst nightmare you've had my worst nightmare <laughs> well screaming and nothing coming out <laughs> oh right yeah yeah that's my worst nightmare yeah that's yeah so that is not having a voice isn't it yes it is that's right yeah what did your parents tell you off for the most when you was young? What did they what? Can you repeat that? What did they tell you off for? Oh, I I was a really good kid. I didn't really get told off. <laughs> Same here, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Not a problem. Um, what song can make you cry? And what song can make you dance? Um, I'll start with a dance. Um, yeah, I love musicals. I love Broadway musicals. Uh, ah. So I guess any of my favorite ones. Wicked is always a favorite. Um, okay. I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> and what can make me cry? Mm. more sentimental songs. There was one I was listening to the other day by Celine Dion, and it was about, oh, uh, yeah. she was talking about her parents. Um, everything I am because you loved me, that one always makes me cry. Okay. <laughs> sentimental. I think, 
Well, I think music has that effect as well. Yeah. You know, it is art, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah, of course. Uh, it talks to us on different. Yeah, it talks to us on different levels. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You have to summarize life into three words. Fear. Mm. Comfort. And inquiry. Oh, fear, comfort, and inquiry. That's nice, yeah. Oh, I like that. Does everything care about you and your work? Definitely. Okay. Um, and the last one then. So, at what age are we classed as old? When we stop growing. Ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Because obviously it's in relation to who you're talking to, isn't it? Yeah. My my daughters say I'm old. My work friends call me old because I'm slightly older than most of them. I don't feel... But... <laughs> no. Well, well, thank you very much for going through that. You're most welcome. <laughs> so do you want to tell all our lovely listeners where they can check out your work? Well, I have a website. It's lindaalterwitz.com. And uh, L-I-N-D-A-A-L-T-E-R-W-I-T-Z dot com. Great stuff. Well, that's cool. We'll, we'll get that on the um, show notes. And then um, is any of your work in the gallery at the minute? i got to think about that. Uh, some work is going up at, the, uh, at an exhibition at uh, the New Mexico Museum of Art. I think it's next month. It's been postponed because of COVID, but that's next month. And uh, I have an uh, upcoming exhibition at the Hilliard Art Museum in at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. That's a solo exhibition uh, starting in June with a, a publication accompanying it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so oh. I've got a few things coming up. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, well. Best of luck with that. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, and my final thing before I leave you, Linda, obviously I do this pay-it-forward scheme, as you know, through Janine. Um, have you got another artist in mind that is not Elizabeth? Well, I was going to say Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I beat you to it. Um, I'm sure you know plenty. I do know plenty. Can I let you know? Can, can yeah, of course you can. No you problem. Some, yeah. uh, a name? Yeah. Yeah. No, not a problem at all. Well, um, I'd like to really thank you, Linda. Um, it's great um, to talk to you, and uh, it's great learning about who you are and about your work. To be honest. Well, thank you. It's been it's been a pleasure talking with you.